Have you guys ever done that or had that happen to you when you're playing with a metronome and then you can't hear the metronome anymore? Yes. Yes. Because like for three seconds you're actually on time and then it freaks you out and then you start to hear it again. I feel like that's mostly you probably because the sounds that you're making are probably a lot more uh, yeah, clicky. What kind yeah, of they're pretty? What kind of clicky. click do you like? Do you like one to match your? You know, you should just use a click that like matches your snare. You would never, <laughs> you'd never be on time. Yeah, I go back and forth. Sometimes I use a like the super electronic sounding one, and then sometimes I'll just use like a shaker sound because the shaker sound actually feels like I'm playing with music. Hmm. You know, like the one that's so. like the obnoxious beep. <laughs> No, I mean, I do, I use that one more often than not, but sometimes it's like too clinical yeah. and it hurts my, hurts the creative part of my brain. So I, I have to use something a little bit more organic sounding. So does the shaker one hit like a every, uh, is it hitting all of the beats in a measure or is it still on the like one and. Um, I almost always play with an eighth note click. Mm. So it's, it's like, because, chick, 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 right. Chick. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah. You're the shaker king, man. <laughs> we need to find that video, brother, where he was in the studio with us. And, uh, yeah, we do. It, and we had him record shaker and it, it was weird. Cause that studio we were in was in that, that house they had turned into a studio, um, mm-hmm. in Nebraska. And, um, they had a camera set up in the percussion oh, room. Oh, yeah. So in the control room, we could see you doing your thing. And uh, mm-hmm. w- so funny. And there was just like a short shaker part on one of the songs, <laughs> and you did it. And then Jake looked up at the camera, he's like, is that good? It's <laughs> 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 like, yeah. but there's a technique to that, though. Even there is, and I'm I'm actually not very good at it. Yeah, like some some dudes can do it while they're playing the rest of the kit, and I I can't I can't do it. Yeah, it's, I should I should practice I should practice that because it's a pretty good skill to have. It's very involved, uh, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Like it seems so simple, kind of like playing the tambourine, but there's like an actual way to play the tambourine properly, right? Like to you have to you have to know your shaker right. because you have to know how the how the filling responds and like you know what's in there. You don't want a, a bunch of extra sounds. It just depends. Sand sometimes. Could be sand. Rice and beans and could be hopes guac. and dreams. Yeah, guacamole and <laughs> chip dust. <laughs> you know whatever you want. Ground up. Some people make their make make their own shakers so yeah. they can fill in whatever they want. Yeah. No. I. I we used them a lot there for a while. Mm-hmm. We were heavy. Oh, in, I remember. We were heavy into that uh, make every sound with. Remember when we were using those big old wooden chairs, those oak chairs on the wood floor, <laughs> dropping yeah. them down. Yeah, you're like we have a sample nowadays. Right now we have chairs. Yeah, I was just gonna say nowadays you can just get samples for things like that on Splice yeah. for right. and it sounds one, better. One cent. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Yeah. It sounds way better. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone on our Instagram asked if we would talk about the differences of how Nick and Tyler uh, write songs. <clears throat> yeah. But I figured we could actually just talk about being creative. We and, should rename it creativism and create our own subgenre <laughs> of stylistic teachings. I like that. That go back and forth between like what that. we do. Well, if that. Yeah, we could write a whole. A whole book we called the Book of Creativism. Yes. If that person name. is listening, um, that will probably happen organically. What don't you think? Like as we talk, probably. This. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that came to mind as soon as we brought this up um, the other day, I thought was really interesting. Jake was being kind of introspective in our texts, and um, as per usual, yeah, he always is, yeah. And so, and he said something that I was like, thanks, man, because that's a new lyric on the next Talbot Brothers record, you know, just, but I mean, we're always thinking that way, I think, kind of stealing, Mm. quote unquote, stealing ideas from people and Mm -hmm. um, 
but I remember not usually like specific words, but <laughs> with you, sometimes right. <laughs> you just have like a line that's going to work. Uh-huh. And Jake said, you know, you can have it because I don't usually think in terms of like a full song. Like I've never actually sat, right? You haven't actually. I, I mean, I've, I've written the, the same songs that everybody writes when they first learn how to play guitar. Yeah. The ones that are really terrible and I decided it wasn't for me. I was not, the, I did not break through the barrier like you guys did. So <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't sit down and write full songs anymore. Yeah. Well, or I, I just haven't tried. Well, you sent me a track that you'd written just on piano and it was just like the instrumental. So I feel like that's, mm-hmm. that can even be classified as writing a song, even though it doesn't have lyrics yet. But like, yeah, yeah, there's like two w- two ways to look at it I feel like you look at it from the standpoint of telling a story with words or telling a story or painting a picture with music because like yeah they could each stand on their own you know like a poem or something too mm-hmm. um, bro you've written a lot of poetry just like that I don't even feel like sometimes we pull stuff from it sometimes we don't but mm-hmm. it's completely different than sitting down to write a song right yeah, I definitely think it is. That's really interesting to think about just making music and then putting words to it. Um, I broke down. I know that we made jokes about it when we first started recording this podcast, but I downloaded TikTok. Oh. And <laughs> it was because friends of mine, you know, one of you included yeah. in this group and then others were sending me like very interesting titled TikToks. You know, like just about super weird stuff. And so I started looking at it and I was like, okay, I'm going to get this app. So um, I'm sorry. I let everybody down, but um, there was a guy that was the best of us. There was a guy that was on there today and uh, there was a girl that had just sung some lyrics that she made and she asked for someone else on TikTok to put like instrumentation to it. And so it was like this mm. like super vibey, like indie girl singing, you know, like ha da 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 da. And then the guy yeah, the guy um ha da 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 uh oh, right. okay. he he duetted with her, which is when let me get you all up to speed here. Yeah. <laughs> He he puts her video on the screen and then he records his own thing. And mm-hmm. he recorded like an acoustic guitar with that, just like super like seventh chords, kind of jazzy. And mm-hmm. uh, it was so good. And then I saw another one where a guy uh, wrote the lyrics, like it, it read it like a poem. And then this mm-hmm. other guy turned it into like a screamo song with like seven instruments, you know, like... Yeah, with the bass and full kit mm. and like mm-hmm. doing the screaming but it, that's really interesting that's I feel like in our industry probably in the music industry there's a lot of uh, like people that have those specific jobs you know like mm. some people just make music you know there's probably mm-hmm. some writers that get full music tracks and then say like mm-hmm. let's put some words to it or Vice right. versa. You can you can add a melody to words too. That's really right. interesting. I feel like a lot of times people will ask like what comes first, uh, lyrics or music, and that kind of just made me think of that. If you're presented with just the music for a song or somebody writes down a bunch of words on a piece of paper and hands it to you and says, hey, like, because we've done that for some licensing things where you kind of know the goal, you kind of know the backstory, but it's our job to put that into a song and kind of create like a story from a few keywords. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a completely different thing than trying to just take inspiration from conversations or, you know, like, I don't know how it is for you guys, but I have my voice memos app. I feel like a lot of people use that. And so like, you'll be doing something and all of a sudden, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, a melody just pops into your head out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. you hum it. Sounds terrible when you listen to mm-hmm. it back that night. 
but <laughs> that's super awkward. Yeah, but you and you never want to show anybody, you know, like you're going through your phone. I remember we've been in the studio and we're like trying to go through voice <laughs> yeah. memos and I'm sitting there pushing play on them to remember what they are. Cause like Was now, it this one, well, the, yeah, that it starts playing. You're like, no, 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 yeah. not that one. Not that one. It's like but you it, riding it in the car, just shouting at the top of your lungs, baby, I love you. <laughs> I mean, you, you can title those. Well, yeah. it saves the titles now as like your street location or if you're some, you yeah. know, like if you're, I don't know, if you're in a building or whatever. I remember on tour, so right. I was trying to remember like what city we were in or where we were staying or whatever because... Mm. That's how I had to memorize. But yeah, I should have labeled them. In hindsight, that probably would have saved a lot of time. But uh, <laughs> but I feel like that's kind of a thing that you can't control. So it's always super frustrating if you're in the middle of doing something or if you're at the gym mm. or something and it's like you leap off the treadmill and like run over and type down a bunch of lyrics. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why right now? You know? They're definitely fleeting moments I've learned because... You always kind of tell yourself, oh, no, yeah, I'll remember this when I get back uh, to my computer and can actually, like, lay it down or whatever, and you never do. No, you no know? way. Like, yeah. if you don't give it the attention it deserves right away, yeah. um, you you can't. It's gone. I wonder how many songs we've lost. I've, I've jumped butt naked out of the shower to go, like, if my phone's over on the sink. Yeah. I'll be, like, I'll sync up an idea, and I'll just be like, that's fire. So I'll just mm-hmm. jump out of the shower, grab the towel quick, sing it yeah. with fans going. You can hear the water in the background. That's one of those right. when you show someone, it's like. <laughs> and they're like, where were you? And you're like, nowhere. And then they look at the title and it says naked in the shower. <laughs> naked in the shower. How does it know so much about where I am right now? Yeah. It's Apple, man. Damn strange. It's a chip program. Yeah. <laughs> Damn chip. Yeah, I think that's really. I've been trying to do this thing where whenever I have like, you know, like on an airplane, I, when I don't have service and things like that, I try to go through my voice memos and, uh, delete or name. So if, if I've named it, then I know that it's probably worth like checking into again. Mm -hmm. Like you said, yeah, you can name those. And then, um, I'll delete, I've deleted a lot of them, um, from the past, you know, just to, kind of sift through them and um actually i know we told the story a long time ago how i lost my phone but mm-hmm. amazingly all of my voice memos were in the cloud so mm. i put all those on dropbox and the other day i went through and was like listening to some from like the very first record we recorded Ooh. um yeah and it was very eye-opening it was like what are we doing you know at <laughs> one time thought this was a hit yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what state of mind was I in that I thought that this was like gonna be a super really good, <laughs> a yeah. really good song? Well, I have a like the app, you know, the notes app on your phone. I have one that's ongoing of just one liners, like you said. Like yeah, if you're talking that's to somebody. What I have too. Oh yeah. So, like, how does that work for you guys? Do you feel like that's more overwhelming than having a separate, like, a bunch of separate notes, or do you like having them all in one spot? sometimes I look at it and I'm um, like, what was I doing? It doesn't overwhelm me because, like I said, I'd never try to make anything out of them. <laughs> just write them and leave them. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Or I'll, I'll write like a verse or something and then just leave it as a verse because, I don't know, I have the, I have like a major mental block towards actually trying to finish um, the lyrics of a song. But uh, it is kind of cool for me to like go back and look at, things that I have come up with um in the past and and remember kind of what I was thinking or feeling at that time it, it kind of serves as a journal for me in ways like I don't I don't do the actual journaling thing um mm. but I have most of these like what I would call lyrics that never make it into songs yeah. um these you know kind of insightful thoughts and phrases um during meaningful times of my life that's when i write them down so it does kind of serve a purpose other than just like a creative outlet for me but you feel like it kind of um, gets it off your chest like you have to um get it out like out of your brain just to clear space mm-hmm. yeah because honestly like i feel like i'll just sit on i'll just chew on one like phrase for 
over and over again. And if it's something that's like kind of heavy, then my disposition day to day will be heavy, like have, I'll be kind of weighed down by it for whatever reason. So if I get it out, which maybe that's why I've never like tried to make anything out of them. Cause I feel like if I get them out, I can just let them go a little bit easier. Interesting. They're never like, they're never ever like uplifting, like encouraging, like happy song lyrics. They're like yeah. these deep, you know, like <laughs> heavy, whatever. So this um, is your pessimistic I just list. Need, yeah. See, this basically. Is, this is an interesting thing too, because I feel like those optimistic lyrics sometimes have to come from a place of, you got to be sitting down writing a song right after you sort of, or at the tail end of making it through something that you're going through, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the times that I want to write a song the most, and I think uh, um, coming from a place where where I personally might have been afraid to come from is like kind of a darker... Uh, right you know, like, a, I'm, I guess when I'm wanting to get like my thoughts and my feelings out, I'm not the kind of person that's just like, let's go jump on the roof and scream. Right. Hallelujah. You know, I'm, I'm the kind of, right. I'm the kind of person that's like, well, if I have something to say, it's kind of more like I got to get this off my chest almost. Mm -hmm. So it kind of took more of like a focus of from perspective in the song of let's work this out together, you know, like mm. I'm, I'm down right now. So if we can kind of work this out together, or at least you would feel um, like there's someone else that feels the same way you do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like why, that's why I love when I listen to music, I just, it isn't about them having the answers for me. It's just like when they right. create something that's like, oh wow, that was me exactly. Like, right two months ago or, you know, it's, yeah, I'm never, I'm never looking for advice, never looking right. for advice from songs. I'm right. But when I hear like a killer line or a killer concept or something, it really is like you said, just like I feel seen, you know, it, it hits so deep because you can relate to it. You know, there's those lines where like you hear them the first time and you're just like, Oh, like it feels like you got hit in the chest kind of yeah not everyone's like that but that that happens to me all the time and yeah uh, yeah i'm never like oh yeah maybe that's what i should try in this situation it's just like no he gets it this person understands so i yeah. feel like noah gunderson for me and david ramirez do that a lot that's funny because i was just listening to david ramirez most recent album today i mm -hmm. think it's the first time i've given it like a full cover to cover listen and dude, that album is killer. <laughs> He's just so honest. It it's like painful. And like I can not get, not even from the just the songwriting perspective, but there's like a lot of interesting things going on musically. Yes. Like sound design is very interesting. The musical choices are all really interesting. Like I don't listen to a lot of his stuff, so I'm not totally sure how different it is, but it seems like it's got a different vibe to it than his other stuff that I've heard. So I yeah. don't I don't know what happened, but I'm I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I love I love stuff like that. Well, brother, you listened to him from kind of early on, so maybe you can kind of explain, like creatively, what did he do? Like he made some move, like what Jake's talking about those newer albums from like he the Rooster. Yeah, I think he just whatever. started out on a acoustic guitar, you know, and then just progressed into exploring sounds, and I feel like. I don't know, I feel like every artist kind of goes through that where you start kind of in this place of like in the infancy of what you're creating, sometimes it seems more bare bones. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like we ran into the opposite when we did that record in the house, you know, like back in 2012. We wanted every possible idea on a song and it just like, it started to feel so full that we had to back off and take parts mm -hmm. out and kind of strip it back to like what the song is actually about. Cause I feel like a lot of that stuff production can get pretty distracting or it can be like ear mm -hmm. candy. And I feel like on David's latest record, it's ear candy. Like he's got yeah. some stuff and it's pretty produced compared to his early stuff, but 
Um, but I, I think it's really cool when an artist is willing to go there and play with sounds. And we've, like the silver lining of being off the road for this year is we've kind of been doing that too, just because we've mm-hmm. been in different places and we, we've had the ability to use technology a lot more. And it's been kind of fun because it's opened our eyes to um, saying things with something else besides an acoustic guitar or our vocal cords. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. been a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it is a an entirely different instrument of its own. I think people, I kind of alluded to this in I think our Spotify episode, but I think people kind of underestimate the creative potential of like a good producer and someone who, not even just a producer, but someone who understands like electronic music elements and and how to mm-hmm. do that stuff well. Like the album we're talking about, by the way, for those who don't know and want to check it out, it's called My Love is a Hurricane by David Ramirez. It's killer. But some of those songs, um, the songwriting itself is actually pretty um, minimalistic, but I feel like what's going on instrumentally and musically is really what what kind of carries the the vibe. Like I've always kind of had this thing where if you if you read lyrics kind of by themselves with outside of the context of music, they all sound really dumb, yeah, like really cheat, really cheesy, you know. And so, really, like the rhythm and the melody and how it contrasts with the the whole vibe of the song is what is what gives it power. Um, I find that most of the really good songs, the songwriting is really simple. But if the lyrics are by themselves, like we we're talking about the difference between a song and a poem. I feel like a lot of poetry is a lot more dense and more verbose and some really impactful songs are just kind of, they get out of the way because the music is doing a lot to carry along the emotion of the song. Um, But there's some things in this Ramirez album where like, (laughs) it's like an instrumental section in the song and I'm like listening to trying to pick apart every piece and there are little sound design things or just like little sounds that he threw in randomly and i'm like what where did he where did they think of that just like strange but it's it fits you know and i agree with you nick that like it can really get out of hand really quickly so that's why it's kind of one of those things that when it's done really well you don't notice it but if it wasn't there it would it would feel naked but you can definitely tell if someone did it poorly or overdid it yeah yeah it took us a while to figure that out too even with some of the stuff that we've been working on lately um we're really excited for that but uh justin abel who we work with who's our producer he he has a a really magnificent ear for stuff like that and sometimes it's stuff that will kind of resist like an idea that will resist at first because it seems like that doesn't feel like us or that doesn't feel comfortable it's like unknown Mm -hmm. and so when we like kind of tear down that resistance and go to that place. Um, if you like collaborating on those sounds, it's just even better than, you know, than the idea was in the first place. And it's really cool to be able to create that with somebody. And I feel like that's a tough thing as brothers. Like when we write songs, um, a lot of times we'll start one and then take it to the other one. You know, Tyler will start a song and bring it to me because he'll kind of have the idea set or vice versa um and that seems to usually bode well but the times that we sit down and we try to like all right let's write a song like you have any ideas Mm. let's try to like just write something from scratch it it just for some reason you can't link up on the same page as easily and i think because right a lot of the music that we write is pretty introspective there's like an element of vulnerability that comes from solitude so mm. when you get together with somebody else, it kind of feels better to have kind of the main idea there before you kind of let them jump into it with you. So I don't know how you feel right. about that, bro. But Yeah, it kind of feels a little less naked. Like you kind of show up, like it's like you're working on a project together, but you come to the project with something already, you know? Um, like we've done... I guess you could call it like brainstorming, you know, writing and creative stuff where we'll, you know, you'll have a really cool guitar riff that you'll just be messing around on and I'll overhear it, you know, especially when we, 
you know, way back when, when we lived together, but like sometimes you'll send a guitar riff or something or a, a motive just on an acoustic guitar to start off and send that over to me. And then I listen to it and get an idea. And then, you know, I just have, I have a hard time kind of opening up in group sessions, you know, even mm. with my own brother, you know, who mm. like, I don't care what he says, you know, but, um, I think cause you, I think it, it's my personality to always want to be like presenting a, a good thing, you know? And I mean, don't get right. me wrong. Like I've had a couple too many whiskeys and sent Nick voice memos before where he's just like, uh, I don't know. But then on the other hand, it's kind of like sometimes when I'm that loosened up and that opened up, um, like if I'm having a whiskey at night or whatever, and I'm almost done with it and just something's kind of flowing. Sometimes we end up liking that the best because it almost seems like the most honest and most open. Yeah. I was going to say know, some th- of the voice memos that you've had a few whiskeys on are on the record and they're like amazing songs. So <laughs> they sound a lot th- they sound a lot different in the voice from it though. But that's no, an in, that's an interesting point you brought up about kind of like the flow state. Do you find that there are specific um specific conditions or situations where you're more or less creative or is it just kind of does it just kind of happen? Like like can you can you set up set yourself up to be creative at certain times or does creativity kind of just come up, come up to you and knock on your door, if that makes sense? Yeah. You better answer that, brother. No, that's a good question. Uh, For me personally, I feel like I'm most creative at night, like after everybody's Mm. asleep or a lot of times after um, a show, like on tour was pretty wiped out just from being on the road, but I could still feel that routine coming back just because that's how I've always been. I've always been a night owl. So for me, that's when I feel most relaxed where the day is done. Like I got all the business stuff or whatever else taken care of. So my mind feels more free. Um, but some mm. people wake up and create first thing in the morning. Um, I've tried to do that too, but I, I feel like it takes a lot more work for me to have to do it like that. Um, so I've just decided I'm not going to try to fight it anymore. And you know, do my workout, do my, all my stuff in the first half of the day. And then, you know, when it comes evening time, um, try to like let it flow. But the opposite's also happened where I've been at the grocery store and suddenly a lyric or a melody pops in my head. And, you know, it's like, I feel like you can't necessarily harness or control when it happens, but to try to facilitate it consistently is probably the most important thing. You know, like going fishing. Mm-hmm. Somebody said uh, once that songwriting is like fishing. You know, you don't always catch anything, but you still show up. Um, and mm. I feel like it just makes you better. So, yeah, I don't know how that is I for think, you. I, I think that's completely true. Good to make like an environment every day where you can feel like you have the space and no other commitments to create. But being a creator you're also at the mercy of like the timing of the idea you Mm -hmm. know like jerry seinfeld used to say that he would like wake up in the middle of the night with joke ideas and so he kept a notepad on his nightstand and he would just wake up and like write the joke and then and like he said sometimes i would read it the next morning and be like what the heck was i thinking but he said most of the time it was like it was funny and and it sounds like I'm trying to sound like a prodigy or something, but just know that I'm fully aware that I am not that. (laughs) But uh, sometimes I'll have a dream where I'm literally, I'm writing a song, literally. Mm -hmm. Literally Literally. writing a song. I'm writing a song in the dream and I can hear the melody and I will wake up and just grab my phone and record it. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is going to be good. Because in my dream, I was like, this is a banger, it dude. Was a banger. Like, yeah. this, that's good. So I, I think you got to take advantage of those times when your brain just somehow makes that weird connection. And 
and just kind of zaps and there's a good idea yeah. there. You know, you can't waste it. That's why we say we always, if you're driving, you like pop out your phone and get your voice memo going or like even if you're in the shower or whatever. It's just like, it may not be good when you come back to it later in like a more, you know, steady state of mind, but at least you have it, you know. I have hundreds yeah, yeah. of voice memos on my phone of just like Dude, I've, I've, I've lost a lot of songs in my sleep. It's a, it's interesting to hear you say that because I have never met anyone else that can yeah. tell me that they've like dreamt new songs. It's like, so weird. I've been in the middle of dreams and <laughs> I'll either be playing it or I'll be hearing it in the dream and it's a song that, yeah, I mean, right. as far as I know, I've never heard before. Exactly. I, I always feel like it's very important at the time. Yep. Um, but I never... I never foster that idea. Like I'll usually wake up and then be like, oh, man, what was that? Yeah. But I, yeah. I'll never try to go recreate it or something because I'm a wuss and just like to sleep. <laughs> like I'm not going to get out of bed at 3 a.m. and go fire up the computer and try to lay something down. But I, I probably should. It's weird. It's interesting. You know, like even with all the routine that we place into our lives and the structure, our brains are still going to, you know, hundreds of times a day, probably more. I don't know the science. Just do something that's like completely based upon an idea or an inspiration that you didn't even notice, you know, just like mm -hmm. it, they're, it's always trying to like output, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And at the same time as it's taking in more than you even realize you're taking in. And it's like, I, I was, um, I don't know. I'm really interested in like sleep and how our, our brains are affected by that. And, 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 you know, dreaming like it's such an interesting thing because right. it's like, is a dream us trying to make sense of something that we didn't work out during the day? Or is it mm -hmm. just like a completely raw idea that's happening because you're like able to shut out everything else? Right. And I, I don't know, I've gotten, I've gotten like lyric ideas from dreams, just like super weird dreams where it feels like, uh, you know, it's vivid enough for me to remember in like a picturesque setting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not, it, I don't think it's anything special. I think it's just what you said, Jake, like most people don't think, you know, they wake up from a dream and they don't think, oh, I should write this down, you know, because right. this might help me in my conscious life you know <laughs> right isn't there like a certain amount of people that also you have a short window right of like remembering your dream before or mm. some people don't even remember yeah because a lot of times i don't remember yeah. my dream at all well, they say you you dream even if you don't remember but um not mm -hmm. trying to say i don't have dreams because i have dreams when i'm awake but <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah you do all your dreaming when you're awake that yeah. you're out of them for when you're sleeping exactly. yeah i tend to think that the dreams that I have are linked to a short or un uh, fleshed out idea that I have during the day. So, um, like for an example, for an example, last night I knew that my dad was going to be taking my mom to an appointment and that they were going to be on icy roads. Right. Mm -hmm. But last night I had this wicked dream that I was in this passenger plane. It was Jake. It was me and you. <laughs> we were in this passenger plane with my dad and you and I were just like having a drink, hanging out. Right. And, uh, my dad was flying the plane as he does, you know? Yeah. He's totally a pilot kind of guy, but right. he kept falling asleep and the uh, plane would just spiral and fall. And so I'd run, you know, hanging on the seats and wake him up. Say, dad, dad, you got to wake up. You got to fly, man. You're in the, and he's like, I know, just let me do it. Leave me alone. And it happened like three times yeah. until, until I woke up this morning at the tail end of the dream, just being like, yeah, we're going to die on this one. Like, right. <laughs> which is, but I totally think it was because right before I went to bed, I was thinking, you know, it was talking to dad and he was telling me that he was going to be taking mom to this appointment. So in my mind, I thought, okay, the roads are icy where they're going. Hopefully he can, you know, then I fell asleep. Yeah. And I feel like right. my brain hadn't quite worked that out. So I wonder if with melodies, maybe even sometimes during the day, you hear something, 
just like you said, Jake, you always think, I don't think I've heard that before though. Right. Like in my dream, I'm never like, oh yeah, that's, that's WAP, you know, mm-hmm. by Cardi B, you know, it's mm-hmm. always like, it's always like. It's pronounced WAP. Oh, WAP. I'm sorry. <laughs> Should I say the words out? Maybe it would. <laughs> but I think it's like, you can hear something, you know, or like, you know, one of your coworkers whistles or something weird. And then your brain tries to kind of like manifest it into like a solid thought. Mm-hmm. This is just my take on dreams. So the, so mm-hmm. when I wake up with an idea on one, I'm like, okay, this must've been something concrete during my day maybe. And so I think maybe it will be good. Even if it's at 2 AM and I'm like scribbling on a pad or like writing or, or I like go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, uh, just to like get my phone out and record the idea. And it's, I, I think our brain has kind of an amazing way of like working even when we're not trying to. Right. So creating is like take advantage. Yeah. Like you're setting it up for success during your day, trying to do everything you can to like, you know, exercise, eat well, get good sleep. It's like any other job where you want to, be successful at it you have to be able to be 100% there but it's almost weird because you can't at the same time you can't control when it's yeah. going to come so mm. it's uh frustrating in that sense that it's almost a waiting game at times like when we're writing a record or we're trying to meet a deadline for something um I feel like when that pressure is there it it's like almost beneficial because mm-hmm. you're like I have to do this you know but when it's like, oh, we'll probably put a record out next year, you know, we should probably start writing. You kind of let it just flow, take take its time. Um, I feel like both are equally beneficial, but one of them, you know, the one where you have that deadline or you're looking at that date on the calendar, you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you're almost feeling forced to, to get it out, which can be good too, because then you just get the cobwebs out. Yeah. How do, how do you guys feel like, I guess, brother, you kind of touched on it. Sometimes that pressure to get it done can help you be like extra creative almost in the last moment, you know, or maybe not. How do you guys feel about creativity and a deadline? You know, cause that's so against like a painter, you know, that's just like, well, Jake's um, Jake's under that pressure probably more than you and I, bro. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've never been under like a musical deadline, really. Um, Unless we're like, Jake, but we're I know going like, on tour, learn all these songs by next week, and you're like, I mean, that's a different thing, though, because you're not <laughs> asking me to write the songs, or yeah. you know, true. There are there are some cases where it's like, here's a song on the record that has no drums, but we want to play it full band. So there's like some something to that, you know, and. I do get stressed out about things like that occasionally, but I just know like in my, my job where I actually am required to be somewhat creative, like time pressure kills all like new thoughts that I can have because I'm so, I'm so concerned about hitting the deadline. You know, I get, I get tunnel vision pretty bad. Um, So I usually have to go to other people to be like am I on the right track or do I need to zoom out a little bit on this and, 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 uh, think about it in a different way. But, um, I feel like working on things that have a deadline earlier this year, we all did a, a licensed song together. That was like the first experience I had had where I needed to have drums put down by a certain date or something. Um, but it wasn't really, that emotionally engaging of a project, you know, it was pretty, pretty clear cut. We knew what the, what the client wanted. Um, they weren't asking for anything that revolutionary. So it was mostly just a function of getting the right sounds picked out, which is a creative process in its own, but the parts kind of wrote themselves. It was all pretty simple. So, um, I feel like if I was in the situation, right. I feel like if I was in the situation where I had to like write an actual song and I knew that we needed to be done recording by tomorrow. Like I'm always, I'm always blown away to hear that artists write full songs 
while they're in the studio. Like that seems like something I would not be capable of doing because I'm so focused on the task at hand that I can't even think about like new ideas or fresh, fresh anything. Like if I, if I don't feel like I'm prepared going in, then I have not done my job already Mm -hmm. is usually the way that I think about it. So in the case that you brought up where you send me a couple songs that we're going to play live, if I feel like I show up to the rehearsal and we're like talking about parts from the beginning, um, I feel like I haven't done my job that you hired me to do because really I should have come prepared, at least with like a skeleton or some frame framework of what I think we could work on or put together. And then we can kind of iterate on that, but coming in completely like, so yeah, those songs, right? What are we going to do? Like, (laughs) I feel like that's a big waste of time. So I feel like that's a difference just in the way that I process like being assigned work though. Yeah. It's super interesting you say that because the song, one of the songs we're working on right now was just that. Like we had, we had an idea, we had basically the, um, the vision for it, but we didn't even have all the lyrics done. So like it needed Mm. a bridge still. Um, we had a couple melody ideas, but we kind of went in pretty, pretty naked with it. And it was, it was actually the pressure of, of trying to get it done, um, was almost beneficial. I feel like because we told ourselves you could just fall into the cracks of a song over and over again. And I think it would have been, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, bro, but it might've been one of those songs that we probably wouldn't have settled on a bridge. So we would have just done, you know, a solo or something. And the fact that we kind of challenged ourselves to meet that deadline, I think kind of helped us get it out. Mm. And so, um, I think it's both stressful and, uh, relieving when I can see a date that something needs done. Um, I don't like being told what to do and I don't like, I like, you know, I like that we can kind of create, um, as we go and, Hey, we're ready to release a record or a single when we feel like we're ready. Um, like we have that freedom right now and that's a huge blessing, but at the same time, it's dangerous if there's not really a plan. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a balancing act. I feel like I didn't really answer the question because they just kind of painted both sides, but that's kind of where I I stand in it. So I like what you said about you can fall into the cracks of a song basically until you die. Like, I, I think that's really true. And I, I would agree that I think that's where like the time pressure maybe is a benefit because you do kind of get forced to say, okay, this is good. Or, you get forced to trust your gut on what your first idea was. Like sometimes, sometimes you end up undoing really good ideas because you have the time to over criticize it. Um, Yeah, exactly. But sometimes your, your, your initial reaction to something really is what it needs. Yeah. It's like you're, like you said, your gut. I think a lot of times, um, it usually is the best thing, but for some reason we, don't always listen to that because there's so much outside noise and sometimes trusting that and just kind of standing your ground on it, but still being open to the interpretation of how it comes out in the final version is really important. That's something I've learned in the past couple of years is I get pretty headstrong with an idea, as you guys know, and I, I always get really wound up for like the first five or 10 minutes when when I'm listening to other ways that it could be done because I'm like, no, I heard it in my head a thousand times. Right. You know, I have a voicemail on my phone, all this. And then I have to like step back and be like, maybe that's not the best way. And so like what serves the song? Like right. instead of serving Nick's idea or Ty's idea or Jake's idea or whoever, it's like what serves the song? And that's really helped us in the creative process not uh, get each other's throats too much. Yeah. Have you had have you had many situations where you've been been headstrong and someone has been like, well, let's let's just try it. Maybe Justin has been like, well, let's just try this, and then you have to like eat crow because you realize someone else's idea is actually better or good. Yeah, um, I had this melody for the bridge on the song I was just talking about. Um, probably be one of the first songs we release next year, I think. But. Um, I heard it over and over again and I was really headstrong on it. I had like left the room and I was like, you know what? Mm. I'm leaving the room. 
And so it's like, you know, you sit there and you have to like unlearn the thing that you've heard for so long. And then right. or Tyler will come in, you know, and he'll sing this. Sometimes he'll just do this thing where he gets on the mic and just sings a melody or kind of, you know, it's, it's just like, I almost said garbage. It's not garbage, but like, it's just noise. It's not words. <laughs> nonsense. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nonsense. And it turns out to be like a great melody. And sometimes you just have to be willing to try it. But it always sucks when, when you're like, man, I have to let go of this. You know, mm. like with the song Wired, there was parts of that too, where um, like when we we're writing it, by the time it got done on the record, it was a little bit different. But now I can't hear the old version anymore. I can only hear it the way that Tyler sang it. And right. so then it's like, does it even matter? Because this is better, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a hard part when a, when a project feels like it's your baby, you know? That's kind of what we talked about earlier. Sometimes you can come together with people and create things in a group setting but when you come with something that's pretty much three minutes and 30 seconds long and the lyrics are done and then you've got the bridge and all, um, you can get kind of defensive about it. I think because mm-hmm. when you complete a song, you get a sense of completion. And then and then when people tell you, oh, maybe we should change this or this sounds just like that other song, you know, you're like, what? No, it doesn't. You know, that right. Have, that happens to me a lot, but I think that's kind of the helpful thing when you're a creative and you are willing to let other people in, you know, I, I mean, I guess my guess is that people like Shel Silverstein, you know, like the poet and I don't know if anybody even knows who that is. Just like, do people, would people come into his poems, you think, and probably be like, hey, you know what, maybe you should like change this, this stanza or like the rhythm of this, this uh, Mm -hmm. verse is weird, you know. I guess I just never imagined that someone like him would have someone in his ear, like, like an angel and a devil on his shoulders or something. I thought it would just always be him and his pen. Yeah. And so... I'm guessing that when most people listen to our music, I mean, and for, you know, 90% or more, actually probably more of what people hear when they hear our record is Nick and I's ideas. But mm-hmm. I I think a lot of people don't realize how important it is to have someone check you and just, right. um, you know, especially for this song that we've just recorded as kind of a single um we went into it with a completely different idea for the second half of the song. And, and then Justin was basically like stopped, turned around and was like, what is this song about? Yeah. And we were like, I don't know, actually. I'm actually <laughs> sure. So, so we went back to the drawing board and basically spent like a whole night and morning, um, you know, like Jake, like you said, it sounds crazy to go into the studio and spend the time like writing a song. Yeah. But we took the night after we were in the studio that day and then basically most of the morning the next day and some of our studio time, uh, basically rewriting the entire second half of the song. And, and it became a good song because the idea became congruent and it took someone else like kind of pulling you out of it and be like, yeah, I know Mm. this felt and sounded good for you in the beginning, but me as like an outside listener who has no attachment to the idea doesn't hear what you're hearing. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes words, especially with songwriting, sometimes words will just sound good to sing. Right. but at the end of it, you're kind of like, did he really say anything or did he right. just kind of sing a, a feeling, you know? And mm. um, one thing, you know, one uh, recipe that Nick and I have for songwriting is we always say not in ideas, but in things. So, you know, I wouldn't say I'm drunk. I would say the bottle was empty and it's laying right. on the floor. You know, that that kind of thing 
that imagery is kind of what we always try to go for. And so sometimes when we just get riffing on a song, we'll get so caught up in the idea that it's just this big idea puddle. Right. Whereas like to have someone come in and kind of be like, okay, I kind of need something to hang on to. Like give me some. Yeah. Another thing we always say, I don't know if we should just give away all our secrets on this (laughs) podcast right now, but uh, another thing we always say is rust and rain. Cause those are like two things that you can, feel, smell, and see, you know, and they Mm. say a lot more than, uh, you know, an idea would. Like I was sad, you know, you don't say you're sad. And it's Mm. talk about (laughs) sad things. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So I think, I think those, those kind of like, but those are tricks we've picked up, you know, and I took like a poetry class in, high school that was really extensive. And then I took uh, one that I, in college, um, that just really kind of like made me think of words and things like that apart mm. from music, which I think was really important to be able to be, you know, you can say, baby, 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 oh, right. like, you know, and, and you write that down or you put that on an acoustic version and it's kind of like what is this there's nothing there yeah so like can you have something to where if you were to just read it without the music that you would be like wow this is i can feel the rhythm in this and the rhyme and the internal rhyming and the alliteration i love that i love alliteration i do too it's it's really like a way to not have to rhyme like the brown cat sat you know, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can do like the calico cat. It kind of like, it, mm. it draws you in more during the line rather than mm. just like waiting for that. Okay. He's going to rhyme with love here. Right. You know? And, yeah. and I think it's really to always be kind of like trying to perfect your, not just outputting. Okay. Cause you can, you could probably go through your life like, I'm sure there have been several people that you could consider prodigies that just like output constantly. And it's just like always fire. And they get enough people around them that are just like, yo, this is dope. Keep it going, you know? But (laughs) I think think it's really important to be taking in tons of art in different ways. Like Mm. um, movies, when we wrote Grey, the album Grey, I was watching a lot of movies and- I was taking in a ton of stuff from like old westerns and like like um, thrillers and just like just mm. kind of consuming a ton of media, which I know is kind of against. You know, I think it's also really important for you to just like go out and reset, you know, mm-hmm. and shut off all the noise, but. Um, you'd like taken in all this content and then your brain kind of has more of a, it can kind of output in a, in a better way. Cause you know, I've, I've told you guys this, I'm not the kind of person that listens to a ton of music. Um, right. I, I listen to a lot of news, movies, podcasts. And so I've got a lot of ideas and words in my head and music has kind of just always been something that comes a little more naturally. So when I sit down with an idea, I can tend to put something that I think feels good or sounds good to it. Um, But Nick, like I said, I've said before, both of you actually, I mean, I love it because you guys are always sending me like new bands and new songs. And so it keeps me current you know, like if I was just a solo artist, I might sound like James Taylor or something, right. you know, but like since, but not half as good, but since you guys are there, I'm always getting like what's new and what feels fresh. And I'm like, oh man, I dig that. You know, like just, it's, it's good to take in a lot. I think mm-hmm. people are afraid of that, you know, as like creators, mm-hmm. like, oh, my stuff's so good. I can just crank out this without any but what is that thing where it was a steal like an artist right mm. you sort of like you you hear something and you don't go um word for word or anything like that but you just sort of like 
let it sink in so you can create your own idea out of it or just use, you know, there's been times when I've used a whole song, the whole premise of someone else's song as like a lyric in one of right. our songs because it just fits on this whole bigger idea, you know? Yeah. It's, I think there's, it's, a, there's, a, there's a lot to be said about just inspiration. Yeah. You know? And you can be inspired by a lot of different things. I, I mean, we did an episode about, you know, specifically musical inspirations, but you can be inspired mm-hmm. by just about anything. And I think you're right. I think a lot of um, people that are creators are, I think there's like two types of people. One of them is the kind that is taking in a lot. And the other one is the one, like you said, who's afraid of like tainting their vision or something. Yeah. Um, but I always, I always find it interesting when you can listen to a song and you can hear something that is, you know, a, an obvious pop influence, but the band is not a pop band, right? Yeah. So they're true to themselves, but they can incorporate like other ideas or other content. And I think that's what um, this David Ramirez album did really well. Like he's not by trade, like a electronic music style guy but that didn't stop him from putting in like synth based parts and um, you know, these weird like sound design elements and ear candy and stuff. That's, that's a very hip thing right now. A lot of, um, a lot of the really popular music right now has a lot of these very highly high production value musical tracks, but he didn't lose his general vibe as a musician. And there are songs on that track that are, more similar to his old stuff where it's mostly just acoustic singer songwriter stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to stay true to your, your form or, or your story or what you're doing. Um, but like you said, I think when you take that risk, it can create something that's really unique, which is ironic because you're being inspired by things that are already created. So right, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a weird dichotomy, but I think the cool thing about it too is that, if you are somebody who loves a lot of different styles of music, you know, there's, there's musicians and bands that I've found on Spotify who I wouldn't necessarily go to the search bar and know how to search, but because I liked another artist, they came up on my playlist or, you know, Mm. you're at a coffee shop or, you know, whatever you're out doing something and you hear a song and it catches your ear. Um, I feel like there's a lot of discovery in that too. And, those are all just things that kind of inspire and pull um, that we pull into like creating something too. But so is getting outside, you know, it doesn't even have to be music. It could just be right. going for a run or whatever. I yeah. think a lot of people don't know that when we, you know, when Nick and I first started coming from small town, Nebraska and just kind of, you know, we saw a lot of artists come through our hometown and kind of the surrounding towns in western nebraska you know this is like five hours from lincoln omaha Mm -hmm. you know that were like folky singer songwriter types and that's kind of like what we had surrounding us um as like a community so when nick and i first started that was kind of what we were it's weird because that wasn't like necessarily what we were listening to we were listening to like a lot of rock you know like 90s bands and we were always listening to pop Mm-hmm. but we had this this like very real in our face influence from like these folk artists so we came out i think when we started playing live just trying to kind of like cater to our our area right and one so, of like, booked for shows yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you like bring in a mandolin right. and you bring in acoustics and just like this very organic sound well um the funny part of it was since that's where we were at the time, this was right around like the Mumford and Sons Lumineers era. Right. So what was really cool is like right when we were kind of in this phase of our music, um, we met that happening on the radio. Mm. And so we were booking a ton of shows just because it was like, okay, these guys are like really play this music. Right. Like they're like the small Western Nebraska folk band. And really though, for us, it wasn't like that's how it was always going to be. We were probably, 
pop rock. And we didn't realize that what we were doing at the time was pop. It was just what we were doing at the time. Right. Pop is and such so, a weird, like, yeah. What it really just stands for popular, right? Right. So because whatever Mumford genre Sons, is actually popular is called pop. Right. Mumford and Sons Lumineers, uh, Ed Sheeran, like you could call that all pop, especially right around that like acoustic thing that was happening like what like right. five to eight years ago and so that was like right when we got our start so that kind of helped us and then you know we were playing we moved to portland where it was super big in the mcminimans music scene the mm-hmm. kind of the folkier songwriter stuff um but we were ready to i think very shortly after that kind of like we were able to afford to have a band and like a studio where we could make some really interesting sounds and start to like make music rather than songs right? that you could sing to while you're drunk outside, you know? Um, And so when we were, when we got to Portland and started meeting the people we met and uh, working with Justin and just experiencing new things and we went on the road a lot around that time, we really felt like we could open up and spread our wings. And I think a lot of people don't know, but I think there was like a kind of a a small section of the people that listened to us early on that once we opened up with uh, Ghost Talker with our new record, yeah. I think they kind of got scared because right. they were like, where's the mandolin and the beaten against the guitar and the like super right. and I was like that's that stuff I mean the folk it's not even that the acoustic stuff will always be there right that's that's the most intimate stripped down version of a song that we can give you and we don't want to give you that all the time like mm-hmm. we want that to feel special to you and we had kind of turned the special moment of a show into our whole thing early mm-hmm. on and so it was like we wanted to we wanted to just get so creative and open minded with sounds and lyrics that when we did bring it down for you know when we bring you guys out around one mic or if we just grab the acoustic guitar and do a few of those in the show that it, a, a thing happens right like i i went to a bon jovi concert um you know just Cause I got some free tickets and I went to the show and it was like rock and roll the whole time, right? you know, but then in the middle of it, like an hour in, they just go out to the front of the stage, like on this long catwalk thing mm-hmm. and, uh, play, they play dead or alive acoustic. And it was mm. just like the whole place was going nuts. And it was like, what if they had just done that the whole time? You know, I think I think we would have been kind of like desensitized to the intimacy right. of it. So that's that big, big part of it for us, I think, is allow ourselves to be as creative as possible. And Jake, like you said, when you listen to David Ramirez's uh, record, his newest one, it's not distracting, but what you call it, brother, you call it ear candy, yeah. right? It's like stuff that makes you feel good, but you don't even necessarily realize it's happening until like that third or fourth listen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that stuff's so awesome. Can, yeah. How creative can we be and just still keep like the shell, the core of the acoustic guitar and the singing? You know, the song might not even have an acoustic guitar on it, well, but that's how of, they all start. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of allowed us to do both things now too, which is really cool where we do an acoustic tour and then we do a a tour at the band and we get to kind of do both. But um, for a long time, I think we were trying to navigate that. And it's been fun to be able to do both things because we love both things. And when we do those stripped down parts of of a show, like when we're in a theater with the band and uh, the two of us come out and do a a couple acoustic songs, it kind of takes us back and it's kind of for the people that have been there from the beginning who have been with us um, just as much as it is for us because we love being able to do that. But uh, you said a lot of people got scared, and I think they did, but it's even cooler to see the people that have stayed with us this whole time who have appreciated and trusted us to explore. And I think that that says a lot about the people that we have who are involved in what we're doing and who listen and come to shows and stuff. And 
it makes us feel uh, grateful and also makes us feel like we have permission or like they accept that we're that we're mm-hmm. doing that and risking you know taking risks and doing things that might be outside of the the norm for what we've done in the past so it's it's a really cool thing it goes both ways yeah yeah can we talk about this for another hour <laughs> we could yeah i have like th- three more ideas i want to talk about but <laughs> more episodes. maybe this this might be a, a part two episode again oh we've had a couple of those fun. come up already yeah yeah so. do it if you want to hear more about uh, creative things let us know and we'd be happy to ramble about this is like these are the conversations that we really do have when we're just by our like just with each other like we just sit around yep. and talk about music and concepts and stuff like this so mm-hmm. pretty easy for us but uh thank you for listening for the last hour um we appreciate you guys be sure to comment rate and subscribe if you haven't already and hit us up on instagram at similar vein podcast to uh give us your ideas on things you want us to talk about this was a listener idea so it turned out to be a great one um till then yes, we'll thank talk you. To you guys soon see, see you guys all.